I am still not 100%. So here's what I've observed so far this morning. I feel mostly fine until I have to think. Then, like, I have this thing. Maybe I'm just usually delusional and I'm not today. But I have this thing where I think I'm a fairly smart person. But today I'm just not. Like, I keep having to pause and, like, think about things that I wouldn't normally have to pause and think about. I swear today's lesson, like, goes logically from one thing to another in some way, and I just don't remember how that, and that's the kind of thing I'd normally remember. So just, I'm so sorry. I will do my best to suck as little as possible. Hey, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through this. We're going to go through a few events. Some of you might know, some of you might not know. Um, I'm going to try to give you some extra background that your high school history teacher wouldn't have given you. Um, and so hopefully you learn something new. When we're done, you're going to want to pop back and do a document analysis. So add to your document analysis paper on four of the images or the song that we look at. Fair enough? You're doing four. I'm going to give you like, there's like 10 in the slideshow today. So you get, you get a pick. No, do it after. I put it up on Canvas. I'm sorry. Like I said, usually I'm better at things. Today I'm not good at things. Hence, like the word things. I don't even know. Okay. So we're going, whoa, we're totally wrong. Go backwards. Here's a preview of what we're doing. Now go forwards. There, there. good. We're doing 1960 to 1968. 1960 is probably an obvious date. 1968 might not be, but I want you in your notes to put the year 1968, like circle it, underline it, bold it, do whatever you do. We've talked before about years that are super powerful, mostly because they're super crappy. When everybody's really stressed and so they make bad decisions or good decisions, but they, they make decisions based on their stress and their pressure they're facing, right? Years when everything seems to go, be going wrong, years like 2020, right? They're, they're just times when things pop up, okay? And of course, it feels like when the year changes, everybody should just change, but that's not the way it works. So you should know the year 1968. It's one of those tricky, troubling years. You should know the year 1960. Uh, and things in the 50s and 60s are very different, but it's not like magically everyone was like, okay, it's December 31st, 1959. It's time to burn our poodle skirts and stop rolling up the cuffs of our t-shirts and wear bell bottoms instead. Right? That's, uh, things change. It's a little more than that. But this is when the civil rights movement really gets to be a big thing. Now, Woolworths. 
How familiar are you? Show of hands, how many of you, for, let's start with, you've heard of this, the Woolworths lunch counter sit-ins. Almost everybody. Okay, how many of you, uh, you think you're pretty familiar with it? Like, I know it pretty well. Give me the test, Crawford, I'm ready. Half the hands that were up went down when I said, give me the test, I'm ready. Okay, that just gives me an idea. So a lot of the class hasn't heard of this yet. So I'll tell you just a little bit about it. Woolworths was a department store. You'd go shopping like a JCPenney or a Dillard's or something like that. But one of the things they had in their department store, sometimes in some of them, was a lunch counter. You sit down and have yourself some lunch. And you see in this photograph on the left, these lunch counters were really kind of, kind of Peach City style. You know, sit down at the counter, order your food, kind of like you think of in the 50s cafes or, you know, in a truck stop on a TV show. But look at this photo on the left. The guy, the guy that works there, it's like he's ignoring those other guys. Notice none of them has any food, none of them have, why? You're not supposed to ignore customers. Why is he ignoring these guys? Yeah. So Woolworths lunch counters were whites only, or some of them were whites only. And these African-American gentlemen have sat down here. So it's okay. They didn't mind if a black person worked behind the counter, but they were not allowed to be served at the counter. So all over the South, they would come in and have sit-ins. A sit-in is exactly what it sounds like. They would sit. But here's, here's what you have to understand. Racist people are very frightened, very easily frightened, which actually makes them pretty easy to manipulate. Uh, politicians back then did it all the time. Uh, other people do it now. When you're scared of people sitting in a lunch counter, it's easy to make you afraid. And afraid people will do most of what you tell them. So they tell them, this is a problem. This is going to lead to the downfall of all of society if these people go to this lunch counter. So now let's look at the picture on the right. We have three people sitting there. What do you notice about those people, first of all? Oh. One of them is white, one of them might be white. You can't tell because it's a black photo. Good. I've said it before, but it bears repeating. The civil rights movement is not a black versus white thing. In the modern world, this is the narrative that keeps getting shared and it's a false narrative. The civil rights movement is a racist people versus non-racist people thing. The fact is the racist people were almost all white. But the non-racist people were, you know, every color. Not every color, like there weren't blue people or something, but uh, maybe there were. I don't know what the Smurfs were doing. 
I'm still sick, aren't I? Yeah, I am. Okay, so sorry for my three-year-old tangent there. Now, <laughs> okay, what's happening to them at this lunch counter? Are they letting them sit in peace? So what are they doing? They're dumping stuff on them. Yeah, that guy in the front is not bald. They've dumped something on his head. What else is going on? What else can you see? You should put your phone away. What else can you see? Ooh, excellent. It's mostly guys. I don't know why. Yesterday we saw some women yelling about education. I don't know why the lunch counter is mostly dudes. But I bet you could do a study of it if you really wanted to. Good observation. Anything else? Oh, it's mostly young people. Hmm. Most, most of these people here will live long enough to be ashamed of what they're doing in this picture. I think there's probably a life lesson in there. Oh, wait, you know the guy that bothers me the most in this photograph? You see, the guy pouring stuff on, he just looks like a jerk. Like, he just seems like a jerk all the time. But right above him, there's a young man who almost seems bothered by what's going on here. But he's still there with the crowd. Now, this is just a snapshot. We can't really figure out exactly what he's thinking. But I want you to think in the back of your head, if I'm right about that, if that's what this guy's thinking, then what the civil rights movement really is, is moving it so that those people feel safer about speaking up about what they already believe. Okay. This song, normally when I teach this, we actually sing it together. But I can't sing today. I'm actually decent. Music's my minor. You guys don't believe me, but it's true. Ask Mr. Reader. You're like, Crawford, can he do music stuff? He'll tell you. But I can't today. So when we're done with the slideshow, I would like you to go and look this song up so that you could see what it's like. It's very simple. Okay? This becomes... Partly because it's so simple and because it's so powerful, this becomes the anthem of civil rights. This is the song that they sang. This is the song that goes through their heads while they get stuff dumped on them. This is the song that goes through their heads when they're being sprayed by fire hoses and arrested for walking on the wrong side of the street and crosses are burned on their yard. This is the song that they go through. You see, the words are very simple. You probably already have them memorized. The second verse repeats, we'll walk hand in hand. We'll walk hand in hand. We'll walk hand in hand someday. Third verse, so we are not afraid, but they substitute someday with today. And then it ends, we shall live in peace. It's slow. 
and it's very powerful for them. So they sing this. This becomes like their anthem. This would be a great choice for you to do, to do your analysis of later. Okay. Freedom Riders. Familiar. How familiar? Who feels super familiar? Give me the test right now. Raise your hand. Nobody. Who's heard of it before? About half the class. Okay, so the other half, I take it, hasn't heard of it. Back then, it was against the law for white people and black people to ride side by side in a bus in some parts of the South. So these guys decided to protest by riding side by side on a bus. Other people got super angry. Can you see evidence of their anger? They burned the bus. Now, I said earlier something, racist people are easy to manipulate. They get very frightened over random things. Look at the, these mug shots because they got arrested. Notice these people aren't super frightening. The guy at the bottom, third from the left, looks like my brother Dale. Like a lot like my brother Dale. That's not important. My, bro my brother went back at a time. He would. He totally would have done something like that. No. Yeah, so they're threatened by these people riding side by side. So they do things here at the bottom right. They're waiting for a bus because one didn't show up. Can't remember. Did it get retained by police? Or did the driver get scared and decide he didn't want to drive them around? I don't remember. But they ended up stuck and waiting in this bus station. And, of course, that's illegal because they're waiting with black people and white people. So people are threatened by this. Hey. Oh, by the way, Freedom Riders, that spread. So the first group headed out in 1961. This is them. Other groups headed out until the whole South was crisscrossed by people riding around in buses. Now, there's a wasp back here. I don't know how it got in, but I didn't want to tell you because I thought you might get nervous. <laughs> but it's dead now. Someone's going to be listening to this later. I'm recording it for those who are absent. They're going to be like, a wasp? I miss all the good days. The Children's March. Okay, Again, familiar. Who? Raise your hand. A few? Not that many. Okay, Martin Luther King organizes this. Why would he send children instead of doing it himself? Did he have the thought process of who would hurt a child, I repeat, for the recording? Yes, that's a great comment. That's exactly right. Who's going to hurt a child? Well, it turns out these guys. Yeah, racist people in the 1960s in the South. And how did they hurt them? 
So let me tell you a little bit about, you see the top left photograph, they're just marching. Top right photograph, what's happened is this dude, he went to this protest, his mother told him not to. She was afraid he would get hurt. And he gets there, there's this whole line of people and they start getting threatened and yelled at. Being yelled at does not help. It triggers your fight or flight or freeze response in your amygdala. Your amygdala fires, all those chemicals go. You learned about this, right? Your sympathetic nervous system fires and you cannot think clearly. So he's there, his brain says, line. Oh, this line, people are getting yelled at. I need to get out of the line. So he gets out of the line. The police yell at him to go back. Being yelled at, is that an effective way to get people to think intelligently? No, it's not. So he like wanders back over. Then he wanders back out of the line. He was confused. He was a scared child. I'd like to point out, too, that he was wearing a sweater vest. There's a reason Mr. Rogers always wore a sweater vest. Okay? You want to look non-threatening, you wear a sweater vest. But it did not help him. What's happening in this photograph? Yeah, they've sick their dogs on him. He's being attacked by dogs for stepping out of that line. How do I know that that's what he was thinking? I've watched an interview with him. <laughs> Primary documents are powerful. What's happening in the bottom left? Getting sprayed by a fire hose. Have any of you ever been sprayed by a fire hose? It sucks, huh? Yes. Like it's so, you don't think, oh, water, that would be so bad. But it's so. It's true. Like it's super bad to get sprayed by a fire hose. It hurts. It's hard to breathe because water is coming in all over the place. It is not a fun experience. So they're spraying these children with a fire hose. And in the bottom left, they have arrested them. They arrested so many children that they've put them in uh, a gym because they can't house them all in the normal holding facilities. And here they're just waiting for whatever happens next. So in this environment... Martin Luther King holds his march on Washington. This is a big deal. As a matter of fact, it's one of the biggest marches on Washington ever. People protesting for civil rights. And you can see the reason I chose this photograph to illustrate it is because it shows Dr. King. And it shows how many people are there stretching all the way back to the Washington Monument. That's really far. Yeah, it is, it is a long way, and it's just chock full of people. This is where King gives his I Have a Dream speech. And the reason I put it in here is, first, because I know that you read that speech or watched clips of that speech from the time you were little kids. You know, your, your elementary teacher every year on Martin Luther King Day or on the day before or after was like, let's listen to I Have a Dream. And because a lot of other people claim to have many people in Washington, like it's a thing to have big protests and always claim that they're bigger than they are. The news doesn't help because they like to make protests look bigger than they are. 
because it makes their stories more exciting. I saw this once, actually. Uh, I was in downtown Salt Lake, and there were, I want to say 10, but I think it was closer to eight people protesting something. And I don't even remember what they were protesting. I just remember thinking, of all the important issues in the whole world, you're protesting that? There's lots of good reasons to protest. This, in my mind, wasn't one. But that's not important. What is important is that we were there. We drove past it. It wasn't that many people. It wasn't huge. But when I saw a news report about it later that night, what they'd done is they'd angled the camera down so those eight people looked like more than eight people. And KSL ran a story about this protest they never lied and said there were more people, but all the camera angles and stuff made it look bigger than it was. Why? I don't know. Maybe they got assigned the story and they weren't excited about it, so they wanted to make it seem more exciting. Maybe their editor told them to make it more exciting. But as a result, lots of people were basically lied to. They were deceived in the size of this protest. So why do I bring this up? Just because it's a thing. I'm not. I remember back in, what was it, 2004? There was this protest that sometimes they said it was super big, and I know someone who was there, and they were like, no, it wasn't that big. Okay, 16th Street. This church, in the front, there's these big old steps. So I want you to think of an old, I, I should have had a picture of it before it was bombed, or even a modern picture, because this is across from the Civil Rights Museum. I've, I've been there. I think I have an actual photograph of it that I took. Um, there's these big kind of stone steps, these cool stone steps that go up about, I don't know, this high? You know, seven feet up, maybe eight. So the basement level is really almost completely above ground. But when you go into the building, you go in on the second floor. You've seen other buildings like this. So you go in, you go into this, this church, and you go in in the back. A lot of churches are designed that way. I think it's so that you go in and you see the altar and the religious imagery in front of you spread out. I think it's also so that if you come in late, you're not disturbing everyone by coming in the front. But in this case, the choir was there in the back of the church, you know, up at, so the front of the pews is the back of the church. Right underneath, where if you go into the building, you're standing there, right underneath you is some of their, like, classrooms and their nursery so the choir's practicing back in the back right there kind of right behind the steps are little kids playing while their parents do the choir thing somebody set off a bomb in the front of the church they were frustrated remember the reverend dr martin luther king jr he's a he's a religious dude so a lot of these civil rights movements have a strong religious component. So they would burn churches, or in this case, they decided to bomb this one. 
four little girls playing waiting for their parents were killed by this bomb. Now, why do you think that matters? Four little kids, they weren't super, they weren't players in the civil rights movement. Why would this event be important enough to learn about? I'll give you a hint. Same reason as Emmett Till. So why? Yeah. Excellent. It gives them more of a reason to have a change happen. That's exactly right. It spreads civil rights so that people who were not into it before, people who didn't think it applied to them, say, hey, Congress, President Johnson, we want you to do, to do something about this. So they do. See, that's the thing, is the acts of violence don't help the racist cause. They help the civil rights movement. So under popular pressure, President Johnson, who you probably would recognize if he was facing the camera, but he's not. So he's the dude sitting down. He's just signed the thing. He's offering the pen and shaking hands with Martin Luther King Jr. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 says that you cannot discriminate based on color in a few things. Housing, employment, public buildings like theaters, restaurants, and hotels. This is the law that says that you deserve equal treatment and lays out the classes that get equal treatment. You probably learned about it in financial literacy, the protected classes. So if you apply for an apartment, they can't say, no, you can't have it. You're an African-American. It's against the law. Okay, last event, Selma. Protesting for voting rights. They march a long distance to go sign up. Notice in this picture at the top left, you've got people wearing suits. You've got people wearing normal clothes. You even have a guy in a hoodie. I didn't know hoodies were that old. But you've got a guy in a hoodie there. You see in the picture at the bottom middle, there they are. They've got their American flags. They're excited about these voting rights. You see there's children, women, and lots of dudes. They cross the Edward, Edward or Edmund, I forget, Pettus Bridge. He was a famous Civil War dude, totally racist. So ironic that this civil rights event happened on a bridge named after him. They cross this bridge, and when they reach the other side, so you see them down at the bottom, how they've started to split up? They've started to split up because this is happening. Tear gas up at the top. Beatings. I've seen an interview with the gentleman on the ground here. They just start whacking him with nightsticks. As a matter of fact, the person who took this photograph had some negative run-ins with people who were trying to hide what they were doing.
because he was photographing it. And of course, the fire hose is back. So they hold the march again. But this time, the president sends in the U.S. Army to protect the protesters. And they manage to complete their march to Selma. That takes us to 1968, which is the year that Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. I've answered all the questions on your study guide except Malcolm X. We'll talk about him tomorrow. So do you remember what I need you to, to do next? Documents, how many should you analyze? Four, they are linked on the Canvas calendar. Um, so analyze those four. If you have time after that, you're welcome to go back and work on whatever assignment you need. If you want to hand them in early, I've had a few people hand them in already. There's one or two that I've even checked, given back to, and I will do that for you. And you can resubmit till the due date um, to get a higher score. I think that's everything. The last one they were marching to get voting. It was a voting protest. Voting, voting was still controversial. They still were requiring poll taxes. They'd undone grandfather clauses, but at this point they're still doing the poll tax where you had to pay an amount. They did it on purpose because most of the white people made enough money that uh, you know, whatever dollar charged to vote wasn't that big a deal. But most of the black people couldn't afford to do that. Um, yeah, so that was their purpose. Hey, thanks guys.